Blog Talk Radio. Have you ever gotten to a place in life where you find yourself asking, what now? That's right, what now? Circumstances and situations have happened. You feel as if you've been hit from the left and the right. You feel as if nothing that you do ends up working out the way that you desire for it to work out. And you just don't know what you need to do right now. The reality is we've all been there. And sometimes we've been there without the tools, techniques, and strategies to help us make effective decisions to produce the future that we desire. You don't have to do this alone anymore. I invite you to listen to my podcast. That's right. My name is Clifton Pettyjohn. I'm a purpose strategist, author, transformation coach, and spiritual leader. And I host the What Now podcast. And the What Now podcast is simply conversations that teach us how to effectively face life's most difficult moments. That's right. Life's most difficult moments. So, if you're interested in hearing the podcast, I encourage you to visit my website, www.cliftonpettyjohn.com. Again, www.cliftonpettyjohn.com. There, there's a tab for the podcast, and you can pick your favorite platform. We're available on multiple platforms, so you can pick your favorite platform, pick the platform, subscribe to the podcast, listen, 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 comment, comment, comment. And share, share, share. All right? So I encourage you again, make sure that you are listening to the What Now Podcast. What's up, everybody? My name is Clifton Pettyjohn, and you are listening to Transformation Radio, where we transform lives through purposeful conversations. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Transformation Radio. That's right, Transformation Radio, where we transform lives through purposeful conversations, regardless of how uncomfortable and unpopular those conversations are. My name is Clifton Patty John. I'm a purpose strategist, author, transformation. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm a purpose strategist, author, transformation coach, and spiritual leader, guys. I had a brain freeze there for a minute, but I provide tools and strategies to transition individuals from living a life of merely existing to living a life full of purpose. I want to thank you again for joining us all tonight. We have an amazing guest that we're going to get to in a minute, but before we do any of that, 
Listen, I want to send a shout-out to all, all the mothers on this weekend that are celebrating Mother's Day. We appreciate you. We love you. We honor you. Without each and every one of you, there would be none of us. I talked about my mother on the last show, how much I appreciate everything that she was and everything that she embodied for my brother and myself as well as for everyone that she became a mother to or aunt to or a sister to or just a shoulder to lean on and cry on at times. So, mothers, we appreciate you. We're praying for your strength and your endurance as you continue to bear the burden that many of us are not equipped to bear. So thank each and every one of you for all that you do. So tonight, as I said, we have a special guest. I do want to hit this as I always do. My guests come from diverse backgrounds and belief systems, okay? Therefore, listening audience, you already know, you're not going to agree with everything that I say. You're not going to agree with everything our guests say, and that's okay. But here we learn to disagree from a place of respect and honor. And the reason why we do that is we believe that even though we may not agree, if we approach it from a place of respect and honor, we each can learn from each other. And then when we leave each other's presence, we leave in a better state than we did coming to each other's presence. So, and that helps us create a greater world, and then that world that we desire to create the generations that are here now and that are to come can experience a life of abundance and purpose. So, again, I want you guys to call in. I want you to be a part of the conversation. Without you guys, there would be no purpose for the show. I mean, there's no need for me to sit behind the microphone and just speak, just to speak. You know, it's you, you guys' feedback. It's you guys' listening and your testimonies of how you've been, you've been blessed by the guests that we've had on here and the conversations that we've had, it's because of you that I keep seeking out, you know, other guests so that they can come on and share their stories so something can click on the inside of you. You guys already know how I feel about conversation. I believe that conversation is one of the most underrated and most powerful tools that we have. I believe when you sit down with the right people, they have the ability to stir up gifts, talents, and abilities inside of you almost from a, a supernatural place, and, and you're able to draw that supernatural strength to be reminded of who you are, whose you are, and what you have been called and created to do. So tonight is no different. Nothing is any different. Tonight, whether you need seed planted inside of you, you need the seed that's already planted inside of you watered so that God can add the increase, this conversation is going to bring that about in your life. I know many of you are out there that are listening that are in need of healing, whether it's emotional healing, psychological healing, spiritual healing, physical healing. You're in need of that. You tuned in to the right show on tonight. If you're in need of deliverance as well, you tuned in. If you're in search of hope, especially where our country is right now, where our world is right now. Many are searching and searching and searching. Well, you don't have to search any farther. I promise you that this conversation is going to lead you in the direction that you need to head into, all right? So I've said enough. The call-in number is 516-387-1756. Again, 516-387-1756. Callers, please understand that I will have to limit 
your call to one minute. And the reason why I have to do that is because I want to make room for everybody else to join the conversation. All right? So let's dive right into the conversation, guys. Without further ado, I want each and every one of you to help me welcome to the show Miss Tanya Rad- Radliff. Tanya, how are you tonight? I am doing great, Cliff. I am elated to be able to have the opportunity to share with you and the guests on tonight. I count it an honor and a privilege just to be here. We thank you again, as I did off the air, for your willingness to come on and share. You know, we you find it an honor, and we find it an honor as well to be able to share, you know, in you and in your gifts. So we're, we're grateful for that on tonight. Amen. So let's dive right in, okay? I ask everybody the same question to start the conversation, and that question is, if you could have one superpower, what would that superpower be and why? If I could have one superpower, what would that one superpower be? I think that one superpower would be like Superman. When when Superman went into the phone booth and when he came out, he came out transformed and he walked in such a level of power that he had the power to change situations and circumstances and people around him. Awesome, awesome, awesome. And I always like to to ask that question because it's a great segue question because what I've identified many times is our guests answer that question based upon what they've been called and created to do. To many of us, especially in ministry, you become that Superman to a lot of people because, you know, you have to go into that, that phone booth and transform into who you've been called and created to be in order to, you know, help them through whatever situation they're in. So I always like to start with that question because I believe, even though it seems like a silly question, it is so powerful uh, when you really sit back and think about it. Yes, yes. All right, so now we're going to start with a quick game of word association. I'm going to give you a word. You can either give me one word back. I don't know if you sing. Some of our guests sing. You're welcome to sing a song if that comes to mind with the word, however you want to do it. So the first word is life, life. Beneficial. Mm. Okay. Now, can you elaborate on that? Our lives are beneficial for various reasons. We were created on purpose, for purpose, to fulfill purpose in the earth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which brings us to our next word, purpose. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is not a word, but I always say, When I do what I do like I do, no one can do what I do like I do because it's my ordained purpose. Yes, yes. And we're going to 
what, I'm going to stay right on that word just for a minute because I believe that word is so powerful and so important. What do you? What is your definition of purpose? Miles Monroe captured it best when he said, mm-hmm. "When we do not know the purpose of a thing, we have the tendency to misuse it." All of us, regardless mm-hmm. of our race, our creed, our socioeconomic economic status, our background, where we grew up, just as God told Jeremiah in Jeremiah 1 and 5, he said, before I form you in your mother's womb, he said, I predestined and preordained you as a prophet to the nations. Don't get hung up on the term prophet, whether he called you to be right. a teacher, an electrician, mm-hmm. a president, mm-hmm. a garbage, whatever he called you to be. The reason why he called you is because you are the individual that he assigned in the earth to solve that problem. So your purpose is directly correlated and linked to the assignment, the mandate, and the mantle that God placed on your life before your mom and your daddy ever hooked up. Before you were ever on the, in the belly of your mom, you were on the mind of God. Mhm, mhm. Now we have two callers on the line. I want to hit those callers, and we're going to come back because you said so much right there regarding purpose. So, caller ending in seven one four nine. You are on the line. Please state your name. Oh, Zelda Downs. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm well. Thank you for calling in. Do you have a question tonight? I I was just listening in to my sister. (laughs) Okay, okay. All right. (laughs) I saw it popped up. I thought I was like, okay, well, maybe she wanted to ask a question. But thank you for listening on tonight. You're welcome. (laughs) All right, okay. All right, so you were talking about purpose, and as you were talking about purpose, you said something that, so much you said, but something that really rung in my spirit. You said, purpose solves problems. Purpose solves problems. Purpose solves problems. If you take that approach as it relates to purpose, do you believe that it would make it a lot easier for individuals to, quote, unquote, I use this term loosely, discover their purpose? and walk in their purpose? I'll use myself for example. I wandered Mm -hmm. around in the wilderness a long time not knowing who I was Mm -hmm. because I was Mm -hmm. not taught that I was created to solve a problem. I grew up Mm -hmm. in a traditional church setting. And so Mm -hmm. in this setting, we were taught that women per se did not have a voice in the king. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And so for a period of 10 years, I ran from my assignment because labels had been placed on me to redefine who God initially called me before the foundations of the world to be. And so it's very mm-hmm. imperative that we begin to equip and to properly train Individuals, I'll go ahead and say, in in tender years, in in growing up young, who they mm-hmm. are, 
letting them know the power, the potential that they possess as believers and allowing them to know that when God created you, according to Genesis 1 and 26, he said that you were created in his image and in his likeness. And so because he created you like him, now you have the remind the kitchen. You have the power. You have the dominion. You have the authority to be, to do, to have, and exist according to God's will, purpose and plan for your life, according to Jeremiah 29 and 11, he said, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of harm, to give you a future, a hope, and an expected end. So I truly believe that when when you embrace a kingdom mindset, when you grow up in a home where your parents have, they are kingdom. They 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 raise you, they rear you, they teach you the principles of the kingdom. When when as you grow up, now you're growing up into the revelation, wisdom, and knowledge of God. Mm-hmm. So now I want to ask you a question because, you know, I'm right there with you. You're talking about rearing, you know, our our young people up with that mentality. What do you think the missing element is, you know, as far as with with church culture and everything to where that, that bridge can begin to be built or that gap can begin to be filled to where that revelation uh, is understood more massly so that we can begin to actually produce that thing. Well, uh, I just uh, did a recording for my podcast on Monday with with our special guest, and and we were talking about uh, the kingdom, and we were talking about kingdom. And so when, when we think about kingdom, we have to understand when we look at Romans 12 and 2, it says, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye mm-hmm. transformed by the renewing of your mm-hmm. mind. And uh, as mm-hmm. we uh, look at what we're facing in our world today, when we look at uh, the pandemic, pen- we understand that this pandemic has a purpose. And the pandemic, the purpose of the pandemic is to disrupt our current mindset, to shift us Mm -hmm. to a place where we all get on God's kingdom agenda. And and so when Mm -hmm. when we think about um, the the mindset and when we think about the the paradigm shift, that's what I'll say, what we have to Mm -hmm. understand is, and God told me this uh, at at the height of the pandemic, he said, Tanya, we can no longer afford as believers to run an MP3 ministry with an eight-track mindset. So we have a lot of we have a lot of leaders whose mindset is still um, in the dark ages, in the stone ages. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're mm-hmm. still bound by uh, religion and and tradition, the the culture of their ancestors. But but we have to understand that the kingdom is progressive, progressing. It's Absolutely. forever moving. It's it's ever evolving. And and if we if we are going to be able to the Bible says that the children of the world are wiser than the children of God. 
And, and so mm-hmm. what we have to do is we have to shift, number one, our perception. We have to shift our perception. The message doesn't change, but the method changes. Mm-hmm. The method, mm-hmm. the way we relay the message, the way we teach the message, the way we it's still it's still Psalms 23, but I don't recite Psalms 23. I, I have a foundation. I have an understanding. I have a reality. Now I can take the word and make the word applicable to my life, and now I can choose right. by the word to walk in victory, and I'm no longer walking in bondage, walking in darkness, walking in ignorance. I'm walking according to John 10 and 10, where it says, the thief cometh not but to kill, to steal, and destroy, but I have come that you might have life, zoe, and have it more abundantly. So if God mm-hmm. came that we might, if Jesus came that we might have life and have life more abundantly, why are we still in the dark? Because we refuse to shift our mindset. Help mm-hmm. me, Holy Ghost. And, and that's good what you said right there. I, my last guest, we, we were talking about this very thing, the last two guests, we were talking about it um, in the sense of you really found this out when church started to have to be canceled and many churches didn't know what to do. Like, well, what do I do now? I, I don't I don't have it set up to where I can actually broadcast online. And my mindset is we ought to have been prepared for a situation like this to where, okay, how are we going to get this out massively? But like you said, it's a choice to stay in the dark. That A-track uh, mindset is, is it cripples you, you know, it cripples you and leads you in that darkness and you can't find the light because you don't even desire to because in your mind, this is the method that's always worked for me. I'm going to stay just like this. I'm not going to transition. I'm not going to be transformed. This is how my mama did it. This is how my daddy did it. My grandma, my grandpa, they all did it. So I'm going to do it this way and not even understanding, you know, the need for that kingdom uh, paradigm shift. So I definitely agree there, which leads us to our next word. Um, our next word is ministry. My, my, my. <laughs> mm-hmm. Lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Ministry is a lifestyle. My lifestyle mm-hmm. is my, my life is my ministry. It's my story. It's how others perceive me. See, see ministry right. does not happen just inside of the four walls. Ministry, Absolutely. ministry, help me, Holy Ghost, I'm trying to contain myself. Ministry, ministry is what happened to me from birth up until now that gave me my mm-hmm. identity. Gee, he, right, right, so right. cool. It, it gave me my identity. And see, a lot of people mm-hmm. are try, attempting to do ministry. <laughs> you don't do ministry. You live ministry. Ministry is your life. Mm-hmm. Now, you talked about identity. Let's talk about identity because I also believe that a lot of people with that do ministry mindset are lacking identity. Can you talk about how important it is to have that identity in order to be effective in ministry? When you don't know, first of all, who you are and whose you are, you wander around as a mm-hmm. servant, not even understanding mm-hmm. that God called you to be a son. And, yeah. and so the whole identity piece, 
if you think about it, when God created us, he gave all of us a different set of fingerprints. Those fingerprints, they identify if, 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 if we're lost, if, if we're hurt. All of these are tools who I, that identify us in, in the case of a crisis. And, and I believe what, what has happened is we have become so inundated with doing church that we lost the authenticity of who God ha- has called us to be. And, and so we, we have people wandering around trying to be other people, act like other people, dress like other people, sound like other people, because you, you've you been indoctrinated that you have to look this way, you have to talk this way, you have yeah. to dress this way. I Identity has nothing to do with the shoes on your feet, the clothes on your back, the bag on your shoulder, the house that you live in. The identity is the blueprint. It's the genetic DNA of who God called you to be. Mm-hmm. On any given day, I am who God says I am unapologetically. Because mm-hmm. we, allow, we allow man to put a label on us. To say, oh, you're this and you're that. But who who did God say you were? And so if somebody steals your identity in, in the natural, you have to go through a tedious process to recover and to prove who you are. And so mm. in the kingdom, we must begin to seek God. God, who? When, when, when Jesus came to the disciples, he said, I, I know who, who men say I am, but who do you say I am? And we have to begin to get before the face of God. And God, who did you create me to be? Uh, when I, when I, when I uh, work with uh, my mentees and, and when I do purpose coaching, I, I talk about five I am statements. And your I am statements. Mm-hmm. Speak to unequivocally who God has called you to be. I am an apostolic reformer. I am a prophet. I am an author. I am an entrepreneur. I am a retired educator. So at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what people say. It doesn't matter what family says. I am who God says I am because I've sought God. I've been in his face. I've been in his presence. And, and he's told me who I am. And that's mm-hmm. the bottom line. And I think that that is so needed in the body of Christ right now because I feel like a lot of people are running around looking for affirmation from individuals that can't give them what it is they're looking for because they can only find that in seeking God, you know, as it relates to their identity. And the individuals they're seeking it from are actually out there seeking it themselves as well. So it's like almost in a sense the blind leading the blind. And like you said, you got to go to the creator. How how can you go to anybody else about a, a product and it not be the one that created it? Nobody would know anything more about it than the one that created it. When um, a few months ago uh, my husband purchased a new car for me, and mm-hmm. I have this, this, this big thing. This is the way my dad reared me. When I drove my Nissan, I didn't take my Nissan to Walmart. 
I didn't take my Nissan mm-hmm. to five-minute oil change. I took my Nissan to the Nissan dealer because they <laughs> are they're the creator. They're the originator. Mm-hmm. They know the mm-hmm. ins and outs. They know about every system. They know about everything because they, they labor. Yeah. They, they labor. They manufacture the car. So why do, Absolutely. why do we seek and we look for advice from people that did not create us? You, I'm, I'm looking to you to affirm me in I'm the earth. I'm with you. I'm with you. It's so true. I mean, it it, it is so true. And, and I've watched people almost, it's like they just become so mesmerized by these individuals, and then they end up mimicking the individual. So, therefore, they haven't even, I call it an infected uh, um, an infected identity versus, you know, your actual identity. And, you know, the mentor is just so excited to have somebody following them. They're not mature enough to tell them, listen, you're doing this thing the wrong way. Go seek God. And if we can get yeah. more mentors that can mature enough to understand it's not about them and it's about God, then we can we can write this thing. So that was, I like that right there. I like that. Oh, man. Okay. So the next word is healing. Ooh. Internal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I believe, too, you know, with the pandemic we're going through as well, I've been talking to a lot of people and explaining to them, this is time. Look within yourself. You've been focused on everything externally that's been going on. You haven't done any maintenance for yourself or maintenance on yourself or allowed the maintenance to be done on you. So now time has slowed down. Now you have to heal. You have to heal from that thing that you became numb to, that that you're taking that numbness and classifying it as, God done healed me, that don't bother me no more. No, you're just numb in that area now. You still have to be healed there. So, And I believe that healing and deliverance are so important. That's that's the next word as well, too, if you want to go right into that, to deliverance. You know, um, last year when we uh, closed our church, God told mm-hmm. me, he said, for six months I want you to sit down and get healed. He said, over the mm-hmm. last 14 years in ministry, you've been hurt in some shape, form, or fashion. Mm-hmm. He said, but you you never stop to deal with the bitterness. The bitterness has now turned mm-hmm. into anger. The anger has turned mm-hmm. into unforgiveness, and now you're bleeding on the people. He said, sit down, don't preach, don't teach, don't prophesy. Sit down, get the word, and get healed. And what happens when we refuse to acknowledge and address and own that we are dealing with hurt, rejection, Mm -hmm. when we refuse to acknowledge it, we continue to go on a cycle, a repetitive cycle that leads us Mm -hmm. to nowhere. And what we have to do is we have to, I can remember growing up, my grandmother, numerous times when I would come home from school or come home from playing, 
if I had a Band-Aid on my, on my, on my bobo, she would snatch off the Band-Aid. And she mm-hmm. would say to me, you don't need a Band-Aid on that wound. I'm snatching yes. it off so it can get some air so it can air. heal. Yes. And, and what we are finding now, in, and I know we're talking about deliverance, what we're finding now is we have, we have a generation of, of believers, we, we have a generation of, of non-believers that are walking around carrying unforgiveness, unresolved issues because we won't deal with the hard issues in church. We we want to we walk around and act like we all saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, never been through nothing. We got our car caught in the church, but we really don't want nobody to know, okay, I was molested when I was child. We don't want anybody to Come know on. that I had adulterous affairs. We don't want anybody to know, yes, my husband, both of, our, both of us, we were called to ministry and we were shacking in living together. We don't want to tell the truth. We want to tell the G-rated right. testimony, but I need you to tell your X-rated testimony so somebody can get delivered and set free. Right, right, right. And I, I think that that is, you just hit the key. That's ministry to me. That's ministry to me. Um, I left the idea of um, ministry which closed my church down and everything as well. And I began what I call purpose empowerment sessions, and I call it a faith-based community because I'm called to the non-church. And I started doing it at libraries and at Starbucks and different things like that. And what I found out was that those who may not would have stepped in the church were willing to come, have that experience, and because I'm freely willing to tell my testimony – now they can get the freedom that they need. And I think that that is missing so much. I remember when I grew up, I didn't think ministry was a possibility to me because I thought the people in the pulpit were just like the next thing to God, and it was just unattainable for me because they had everything was together. They did everything right. They didn't make bad decisions. They never had bad days. And then I started growing up. <laughs> And I begin to see the reality of it and even more of a reality that a lot of people don't like to face that stuff and haven't been real with that stuff for people. So I totally, 100% agree with that. People need to hear that X-rated testimony because that little pretty testimony that you give them has given them a false hope to the point where they don't. Even, I don't even want to hear you talk anymore because you make this thing seem so simple to me. And it, it didn't, what you said, it just didn't work for me. And people know that it didn't work for them as well. So I'm sorry, I just got excited about that. That was so true there. Amen. You know, um, my, my son, he's a millennial. He, he's 24, and uh, he has mm-hmm. a, a heavy call on his life. And, and so because he has watched and witnessed me being hurt mm. in the church. Mm. He has said to me, Mama, that's, that's not for me. That That's not for me. But prior to uh, the pandemic, he began to come to me and tell me that, that God was speaking to him and, and God mm-hmm. was dealing with him. 
And so when when the pandemic uh, came into play and we had to uh, be at home and we had to, you know, watch uh, stream for, for television, he began to mm-hmm. uh, watch our pastor. And mm-hmm. it was through the live stream that my son got delivered from uh, a spirit mm-hmm. of, of anger and, and delivered mm-hmm. uh, from the he was able to come to my husband and, and, and apologize to my husband because he hadn't received my husband because his dad walked out of his life when he was a young boy. Mm. And, and it, was mm. through, it was through the live stream, not in the mm-hmm. church, but through the live stream. Mm-hmm. And, and he told me today, he said, this is the question he asked me. He's getting ready to locate to another city. And this is what he said to me. This was very profound to me. He said, Mama, he said, after the pandemic is over and, and, and we can go back to church. This is what he said to me. He said, I don't want to find another church. He said, I, I, I want to talk to your pastor and ask your pastor, is he going to continue to live stream? And, and so I truly believe Dang. that what we are going to see is we will not a lot of people that are going to go back to absolutely not. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. And I, I think that I think that that this is like the one of the greatest unboxings of God, if you if I could put it that way, because I think that for so long God has been boxed into a building and a concept of a building and now everything that those that have boxed him in is being challenged and you're having to see him beyond that. You know, I used to tell people, I think that we get, we were spoiled, uh, you know, when we were younger with the opportunity to get hands laid on us, that that became a dependency for us. Now we don't, we don't believe that, God can move. He can't heal us unless we're there getting physical hands laid on us, and I still believe in that. But there is a a dimension of God that isn't experienced if you stay stuck in that mindset. And your son is just a testimony of that. His deliverance came through the live stream. Yes. So I yes. just believe that, that we're about to see a lot more of that because of, you know, I, I just love what God does. He's so strategic, even in the midst of this yes. pandemic. And I'm not very insensitive about it. I know a lot of people have lost a lot of people. I understand all yes. of that. But I also see God in this thing. I still see him in this thing. So um, yes. that was an awesome testimony there. That was whew, awesome. Now, the last word of the game uh, is transformation. Inevitable. Mhm. Mhm. And why do you feel that it is inevitable? Because there's no way that we can continue in life just existing. Mm-hmm. My, I can remember growing up, my grandmother used to always say, when you get sick and tired of being sick and tired, mm-hmm. 
And I do yeah. believe that every individual, whether saved, whether not saved, we have all reached our breaking point where we've said mm-hmm. enough is enough, and we made up our mind that we were ready for change. When Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane, he asked his father, he said, if it be any way that this cup can pass from me, I really don't want to go through this. He said, but nevertheless, I believe we all have come to a point where we had to develop a nevertheless. Whatever I have mm-hmm. to do to right. get beyond where I am now, I'm willing to do it. And help me, Lord. Transformation comes on the cusp of trauma. Transformation <laughs> comes on the, 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 the cusp of trauma. Yes. Because yes. it's the catalyst. If you think about it, when, when, when Jesus and the disciples, before they got in the boat, Jesus said, let us go to the other side. But in order for them to get to the other side, a storm had to occur. It was the catalyst mm-hmm. to change the trajectory of where the they trajectory. were headed. Absolutely. And sometimes God has come here, Jonah. God told Jonah to go to Nineveh, but Jonah went Mm -hmm. to Tarsha. And so (laughs) uh, in order to get him back on the right trajectory, he had to be swallowed up by a fish Mm -hmm. in order for transformation to occur. Mm -hmm. So there will come a point in time in your life where transformation will be inevitable. It's a do or die. Mm-hmm. I like that. I like that. Um, that those analogies that you use as well. Now, let's talk. Let's go back to purpose because something that caught my attention from your bio was that you said that you are the purpose midwife. The purpose midwife. Let's talk about your journey to that because to become a purpose midwife, I know there was a process behind it. And I want you to talk about the process of that, and then I want you to explain to everyone what a purpose midwife is. Okay. As I stated uh, earlier, in in 2005, after Hurricane Katrina, we had no electricity, no no hot water. I was about to prepare to begin my day, and, and every morning prior to um, the hurricane, there were a group of ladies. We would get together. We worked at the same school, and we would get together and pray. So this one particular morning, um, I called one of the ladies, and, and, and she, there was a heaviness on her that I noticed. And I began to ask her what was wrong, and, and she began to tell me that um, her car was going to be repossessed. And so as we proceeded to, to go on the line and, and to pray, as I'm praying, and when I finished praying, the Holy Spirit told me, he said, I want you to get off this prayer line, and I don't want you to get back on. And so as I'm getting dressed and and preparing to start my day, the Holy Spirit begins to speak to me. And and he tells me, he said, behold, 
I put my words in your mouth. You will speak mm-hmm. what I tell you to say, and you will not be afraid of their faces. And mm-hmm. God said, the reason why I told you to get off the prayer line is because you've spoken. You, you've had this conversation with her multiple times, and it was about tithing, how we must honor God and put him first. And, and, and so mm-hmm. it was at that moment that God was speaking to me who he called me to be. But because I was not mature in the things of God, Mm -hmm. because I had just come out of the traditional church, I wandered around from 2005 um, until 2010 not even aware of what God was saying. Mm -hmm. And so we left left, um, our current city, we, we left there going to church there because after the hurricane, our pastor left and moved to Atlanta. So we started going to church an hour away from our home. And so it was, it was when we began to go to church here that, that, that destiny and purpose began to, to unfold. And, and I started uh, on the intercessory prayer team. And it was from the intercessory prayer team that the pastor put me over intercession. And um, God began to deal with me in dreams and visions. And he began to speak to me. I call you to preach my gospel. He began to show me uh, visions of, of me standing before massive crowds, uh, speaking uh, the word. And, and from there, one morning, the Lord woke me up and he said, I need you to call the, the individual who's over ministerial alliance and let him know that uh, I've, you've been called to preach the gospel. And so I called the individual, told them that I was called to preach the gospel. And so this, uh, this was like in maybe 2008. And so from 2008 to 2009, it was a continual back and forth of me trying to prove to them that I was called to ministry. So finally, they put me uh, on uh, observation, and I went under understudy uh, to prepare to be a minister. So in 2010, mm-hmm. I was uh, ordained as a minister. Um, then in 2012, I was ordained as an elder. And in 2012, but prior to that, I had gone through, prior to 2010, for, for six straight years, it was nothing but loss in my life. We lost our house. We lost mm. our business. We lost vehicles. We, we lost, and, and I'll never forget one day I was in prayer, and God told me the words that Miss Seeley told Mr. He said, until you do right by me, everything you touch will mm. fail. And it, it was mm. at that moment that, a light bulb came on, and, and God began to tell me, you have to do my will regardless. And, and this is what God told me. God said, I'm getting ready to take you through a spiritual birthing, not a natural okay. birth, because you've had a child mm-hmm. in the natural, so you know what that feels like. But he says, I'm getting ready to take you through a spiritual birth. He said, but this, 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 this birth, this pregnancy won't be nine months. It'll be until you learn what you need to learn. And he said, at any time, you can, you can get out, you can stop, but I need you to understand, if you do, you got to start the whole process over. And, and so mm-hmm. from, from 2009 until 2010, it was nothing but, but warfare. But I was birthing my purpose. I was walking out my purpose. Mm-hmm. And so in 2012, God sent me back to our hometown. And, and God said, there are some, some ladies there. That, that my hand is upon them. 
And he said, I pulled you out. Now I need you to go back and pull them out. And so I would mm-hmm. go back to my hometown once a month and, and have prayer, and we would do healing. We would, we would do deliverance. And after that period, like six months, God began to say, okay, now you're going once a month, but that's not enough. I, I need you to do a prayer line. So for an entire year, the ladies that would come, we would pray together every night. Then God said, the next month, that's not enough. He said, I need you to begin to, to encourage them, to empower them. So God would wake me up at 5 o'clock in the morning, and he would give me a devotional to write. And I would write the devotional, and I would text it out to them. And, and so this went on um, from, from 2012 probably until about um, 2015 when I, when I actually published the book. And, and so that's kind of been – the, the whole little process. And then in 2016, God told me that I would not go back to uh, edu- the education arena. He was calling me to retire. So in uh, 2016, I retired uh, with 23 years uh, as an educator. And uh, God told me to go into full-time ministry. So since 2016, I've been in uh, ministry. And so during uh, 2016, when I retired in July, God told me, I want you to write um, a curriculum to help uh, women Mm. find their purpose. And so in uh, 2016, I wrote a purpose journal entitled entitled The Treasure Within Me. And and so once I wrote the journal, I didn't publish the journal. Now God says, I'm going to begin to send women to you, and I want you to begin to help them find their purpose. And so uh, I'll never forget uh, the first young lady, uh, Caucasian, she's my spiritual daughter now, I was on Periscope, and she was going through something with, with her son, and her daughter, her daughter found, I was on Periscope, and her daughter, I don't know if they were on Periscope, but her daughter heard me, and her daughter said, Mama, she's talking to you. And it was from mm. her hearing me on Periscope that she reached out to me, on, she found me on Facebook, and, and she said, God told me that you are to mentor me. So she was the first person that I put through uh, my uh, my purpose coaching program. And so I did purpose coaching for um, about a year, but I didn't do purpose coaching for money. Like a lot of people you. do coaching for money. I wasn't in it for money. I was in it to see lives change. I was in it because I was right. once that woman didn't, that did not know who I was. And, and, and so in, uh, tw- at the beginning of 2017, the Lord said to me, I don't want you to do purpose coaching anymore. I want you to do spiritual mentoring. Mm-hmm. And so um, 2017 up until now, um, I've been doing um, spiritual mentoring, just mentoring women, um, helping them to, to identify their purpose, helping them to uh, walk in the mandate and the mantle uh, that, that God placed uh, on their life, and and just like uh, a midwife in the natural, um, we have to understand that when God is ready for us to give birth to purpose, everybody can't be in the room. So you have right, 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 because we mm-hmm. have to understand that we have spiritual assassins that come to mm-hmm. kill your destiny. So when I'm right. in the delivery room, everybody can't handle my baby. Absolutely. And, and, and so um, 
as as the perfect midwife. I'm I'm just like that midwife in the natural that that's right alongside the mother, helping her to push out, helping her to birth, uh, helping her to stay focused, helping her to stay on course, uh, empowering her and, and encouraging her. Girl, come on. Push, come on! I'm I'm her accountability partner. I'm I'm her pusher. I'm mm-hmm. that person that when she wants to give up, I'm the person that that tells her, "Look, come on, just one more push." And and so as in the natural, I'm that that purpose midwife in, in the spirit. Uh, I help not only women but but men to birth mm-hmm. out mm-hmm. what's on the inside of them. Absolutely, awesome, awesome. You said so much, but I want to hit this warfare because that's transitioning into uh, something I wanted to ask you. Uh, You, I believe, is virtual training that you either have coming up that you've done called Spiritual Warfare, Take Your Boxing Gloves Off and Fight. Now, (laughs) to many, (laughs) that would look like, wait a minute, that's a weird strategy. Take my gloves off. I need my gloves to fight. Can you go into details about what that actually, that training uh, embodies and the concept behind the take your gloves off and fight? I can uh, remember when um, when God moved me uh, to uh, another church, and uh, my pastor at that time she she was a prophet and and she became my spiritual mom and, and my mentor and and I'll never forget that I went through a season where it was intense warfare and I would just cry mm-hmm. and I would cry and I would cry mm-hmm. and she would tell me no you still don't have it and 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 so um God began to deal with me and and He began to say that that. We are not equipping the people of God for war. We're not equipping them for battle. And therefore, soldiers are dying on our watch because they're not equipped to handle the warfare. But what we don't understand Mm. is that warfare comes with the territory. Come on. Warfare authenticates your anointing. And and, and so... um, God spoke to me in, 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 I wrote a book, I released a book in November of uh, 2019 entitled, uh, I have a series called uh, Coffee with My King. And so the second volume came out in uh, December, and uh, the subtitle is 30 Days in, in Abba's Presence. And and so from from that book, God led me to do a seven days of seeking and soaking, where I begin to teach people how to seek God, how how to how to worship, how to meditate, and and how to pray, pray effectively, how to pray strategically, where heaven hears you and heaven responds. And and so from those seven days, God led me um, to. Uh, to birth a group entitled At His Feet. And so it's a global prayer ministry where I have two of uh, my my good friends, my good sisters, they're prayer ambassadors. And so three days a week we come on and, and, and we pray and we seek God and we, we, we do teachings. And so God began to tell me inside this group, he said, I want you to begin to train the men and women on spiritual warfare. So periodically we'll do a free class. And so as 
I sought God and I said, God, what class do you want me to teach? And he said, spiritual warfare. And so the whole thing behind uh, take your gloves off is in, um, in, in Corinthians. It says that the weapons of our warfare yeah, are not yeah, carnal, yeah, yeah, but they're yeah. mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. And, and so literally what God showed me is that as believers, we are defeated, number one, is because we don't know our enemy. We don't know who we're fighting. Mm-hmm. So we're, mm-hmm. we're ignorant of the devices of the enemy. We're trying to fight an individual, but you don't even understand it's a spirit. Number two, Absolutely. we don't know the purpose of warfare. Warfare comes from two domains. It's either self-inflicted or God-ordained. So are you going through warfare because of disobedience? Or are you going through warfare because God is trying to shift you to another dimension? And so God literally began to tell me, I need you to teach the people that if they're going to win every time, they have to understand that this fight is not a fleshly fight, but it's a fixed fight when I fight in the spirit. Awesome, awesome. Uh, you said so much, <laughs> so much. I'm telling you so much. Now, here's what I do want to hit one more thing. Um, I want to talk about your books. But before we talk about your books, there's something we mentioned earlier, and I feel the pull to for you to just elaborate on this just a little bit more because a lot of men and women are struggling with this very thing, and they have taken on the identity of the labels that have been placed upon their lives. Can you talk about the importance of living beyond those labels and overcoming, you know, the uh, mindset of buying into the labels? And if you've experienced that yourself, you know, were there any labels that were put on you that you had to, you know, destroy in your own life? Um, yes. Um, in 2016, I was ordained as a pastor. And so, Mm uh, in 2000, in 2015, um, 2016, 2017, uh, my husband and I, we began, uh, pastoring. We began just doing weekly Bible studies. And Mm -hmm. one day as we were doing Bible study, Mostly I did the teachings because my, my husband works uh, an evening job, so I was the one doing Bible study, and periodically he would come and he would minister. But one day I was standing teaching in the pulpit, and the Holy Spirit told me, he told me, he said, I need you to sit down because you're not the pastor, you're the prophet. Mm-hmm. I said, whoa. Mm-hmm. I said, so... So you mean to tell me that I sat under a leader who knew who God called me to be? Because anytime God places you with a leader, God gives that leader insight, foresight, and hindsight concerning you. So you knew who I was, but you, you put a label on me to be someone else that God did not call me to be. And so once again... It's incumbent upon us that we seek God for our true calling. Mm, 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 Because when we don't seek God, what happens is, oh, God, we are are walking around 
operating out of our jurisdiction, which creates unnecessary warfare. You're trying to be a prophet. You're trying to be a prophet, but you're an evangelist. You're trying to be an apostle, but even beyond that, even beyond that, let's just let's just stop. Let's just stop. It's not about your title. I don't want to see your title. I want to see your fruit. Where is your Amen. fruit? Amen. And so, I think it's it's important that we stop chasing. Oh, help me, Holy Ghost. We stop chasing titles and positions and chase God. And see, yes. when you chase God, it does not matter your title or your position. The only thing that matters is you want to please him. I said this today. I mm-hmm. said on my page that for so long I was afraid to be who God called me to be because I was worried about what people were going to say and what people were going <laughs> to think. But in this season, I said, you know what? I'm more afraid not to do what God called me to do than worry about what people say. Absolutely. I totally agree there. Totally agree. Yes. And so we I, have to seek God. Like, we, have, we have to seek God. So true. And I like the way you approach that because I've seen that so many times when it comes to labels because that's even a different approach to labels because, you know, a lot of people would have took the approach to somebody told me I was a failure. Somebody told me, you know, along those lines. And those labels hurt too as well. But though the label that you hit from the pastor to the evangelist, the apostle, you know, the fivefold, it is imperative that you hear God who he called you, called and created you to be. Because, like you mm-hmm. said, you can be up there functioning and something you're not even supposed to be functioning in. And I see it so many times in the body. And sometimes you just want to say, don't you – Never mind right now, but, you know, it's like that is so important that you have a relationship with God so that God can talk to you and tell you who he has called and created you to be. Yes, yes, yes. All right, so I want to talk about your books real quick. We are off the air. (laughs) The hour went so quick. But I want you to talk about your books because I think you mentioned around three or four that you've written. How many books have you written total? Um, I have written, oh, gosh, I, four, like four or five um, okay. personally. And uh, mm-hmm. I am, uh, I co-authored uh, one book, and I'm currently uh, in a, another anthology uh, co-authoring a book that will be released in August. So I have okay. four or five books of my own. Okay. Now, your writing process. I always like to ask authors their writing process because everybody, a lot seem to have different processes. Uh, do you have, like, a zone you go into, or is it kind of like a, you take around a little notepad and jot things down, and then, you know, when you have time to write, you gather it all together? No. Um, normally when, when when God speaks to me uh, about specifically something that he wants me to write, uh, the first thing I'll do is um, I'll do an outline. I'll do an outline. But mm-hmm. majority of the time when I write, I write when I come out straight out of prayer. 
because okay. uh, when I write, I don't I don't make any notes or I I just go straight typing. So most of the time when when I'm writing, it's it's spirit led, and and so once uh, he gives me the outline about what he wants me to talk about. Um, I'll begin daily. Um, it, it's a part of my schedule. Uh, when I come out of prayer uh, every day, depending on what type of book I'm writing, uh, I have a goal to uh, do 2,000 words a day. I'm, I'm working on a manual and a workbook now uh, entitled Order in the Kingdom. And uh, mm-hmm. when when God tells me which principle he wants me to write about for the day, um, I sit and, and, and I listen to him and, and I write. So usually I write between 8 and 10 uh, every day if, if I'm working on uh, a book. Okay, okay. And like I said, that's why I like to ask because there are some that do the outline and it's more of a structure-type writing. And then I've had some that are like, an idea comes to me and I just start to write, I structure it later. So I always like to give our listening audience a variety So because I know that some hear one testimony and be like, well, that's not how it happens with me. And some people are still in that state when they hear that they'll stop doing it because they'll think they're doing it the wrong way. But I like to do that to show them that there is no wrong way. It's however God gives it to right. you to do just do and be you and write because there are people that are out there that are waiting, whether it's your your memoir or, you know, writing uh, the manuals you're talking about or whatever type of book you're writing, there are people that are waiting to read what you have been called and designed to write. So now I want to ask you this question as we're getting to our last three questions. If everyone forgot everything that you said on tonight and they only remembered one thing, what would be the one thing that you would want everybody to take away from this conversation? I think the one thing that I would want people to take away from this conversation on tonight is uh, the word authentic in all that I strive to do. Or be. I always want to be authentic. I want to be genuine. I, I want to be real. So anybody that, that's listening or anybody that, that hears my name, I want them to automatically associate my life and, and my ministry as one uh, of having authenticity. Awesome, awesome. Now, here on the show, we like to honor people that are in our lives. I call them transforming transformers. They are people that have experienced transformation themselves, and now they play a major role in the transformation of our lives and the lives of others. Uh, They can be a mentor, uh, spouse, just somebody that has been there that has been those that have pushed you along your journey. You know, many times people do it in the background. Is there anybody that you would like to acknowledge on tonight that has been a transforming transformer in your life? Um, Number one, I would definitely have to say uh, my husband, Alan. Um, He's my biggest cheerleader. He's he's my biggest cheerleader, my my biggest supporter. Um, When when I tell you um, he's the calm to uh, my fire, 
he he gets me uh, he he reads me and um he he just knows uh what to say to to encourage me to push me to motivate me uh to hold me uh accountable and uh, he has been uh one of the driving forces uh in my life over the last 20 years um that uh reminds me girl you you have to get up because there are people uh, that are waiting on you, that are that are looking for you. Uh, so I would have to give a shout out uh, to uh, my husband, uh, Alan oh, Ratliff. Yes, yes, yes. And uh, then uh, my next shout out uh, would be to um, two of of um, my dear, my dear, dear, dear friends, uh, Yada and uh, Zelda. Both of them are prayer ambassadors uh, in the global prayer ministry. Uh, these ladies have have been a constant source of um, inspiration. I mean, prayer partners. I, I mean, I can, I can, you know, the type of friends that, that see beyond the title, that, that see beyond all that, that, that person that you can call and say, look, I just, I, they mm-hmm. don't judge me. I can just mm-hmm. be who I need to be, and and it's cool with them. Um, so I would definitely have to say those uh, those two young ladies, and and one of my biggest inspirations, um, being that uh, it, it's Mother's Day. Uh, even though my mom is not with me, my mom, uh, she was 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 my biggest uh, encourager, my my biggest motivator, and, and my um, biggest pusher. And and so uh, everything. I can remember my mom told me, um, would always tell me growing up, she said, I want you to go further uh, than I went. And uh, I believe um, that when my mom passed away, I believe that that God, my mom passed away in uh, 1995, I believe that, that God, the mantle, like uh, the uh, Elijah and Alicia, Elijah, I believe that the yeah. mantle was transferred uh, to me because, of course, my mom grew up in that church where they didn't believe in women preachers. But when my mom passed, mm-hmm. I found a five-subject notebook of nothing but sermons. And, and so I believe mm-hmm. that the mantle that was upon her life, it was passed to me. And, and I believe that uh, the mantle that's upon my life, that uh, because God, God spoke to me on last week and, and God just began to lay out for me um, the next 10 years of my life, the next decade where he's taken me, and, and I do believe uh, that uh, my son, that I'll transfer the mantle to my son. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Awesome, awesome. We honor your husband on tonight, as well as your friends and your mother, uh, for being those trailblazing uh, trailblazers and transforming transformers on tonight. Now, before we get to the last question, I want to leave room for you. If you have anything that you would like to say uh, to the listening audience, as well as giving them your information, your website, your email, your social media handles, and any upcoming events that you have, I want to leave room for you to be able to do that right now. Okay. I just really um, want to encourage all of those who are listening even now and those that will catch the replay. Over the past few weeks, 
there's a passage of scripture that has been echoing in my spirit, and it's found in Romans 8, around verse 18, and it says that the present sufferings are not worthy Uh. to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us for the whole creation waits in earnest expectation for the manifestation of the sons of God. And I want to tell somebody that in this this time, what we're going through, what what we're facing, I want to tell you that the purpose of this was, first of all, to sift, to take out anything in us that we no longer need or is hindering us from going where God has called us to go. So this was to sift, but it was also to shape us, to shape us and mold us into who God predestined and preordained us to be before the foundation of the world, and finally to shift us. When when we come out of this, there's going to be a changing of, of the guard, and those that we've seen previously prior to now, who, who have not done the necessary things, purifying themselves, not washing their hands in the natural because of the pandemic, but washing their hands in the spirit so they can clean mm-hmm. their garments. Uh, this is the hour that, that God is saying, I'm giving you time. I'm giving you time to assess, reassess your life. After you reassess, what I want you to do is I want you to evaluate what's, what's not currently working. And, and, and after you reevaluate what God is saying, I'm going to recalibrate. I'm going to recalibrate everything about you, and then I'm going to give you a reset so you can be restored. And, and I just want to encourage somebody in all of this, don't, don't give up. Don't don't lose your focus. Amen. Do what you need to Amen. do now. Prepare yourself. Equip yourself. Whatever God is calling you to do, ready yourself. Because when we come out of this, I, I, I'm reminded of the, the quote that says it was the best of times, but it was also the worst of times. And I truly believe Amen. for those that are hidden in God and that have made the necessary preparations and provisions that this is going to be the best of times for us. And um, I believe it. For those of you that uh, would would like to uh, contact me or reach out to me, uh, my uh, website is TanyaBRatliff.com, TanyaBRatliff.com. I am also uh, on uh, Facebook. uh, as uh, My personal page is Tanya Ratliff. My uh, ministry page is uh, The Purpose Midwife. I am on uh, Instagram as The Purpose Midwife, and I am on uh, Twitter as uh, Tanya, uh, a.k.a. My email is info at TanyaBRatliff.com. And also, as um, Cliff said earlier, I am offering a free um, virtual training next Saturday, May 16th at 10 o'clock. It's totally free. You can go to my website, TanyaBRatliff.com, and sign up, and then June the 8th, I am going to uh, be releasing my first leadership module entitled Birthing Beyond Your Borders, where I will be uh, equipping 
and preparing individuals to reign in ministry and in uh, the marketplace. So we will be releasing our first leadership module June the 8th. It will be uh, four weeks. Uh, and these four weeks will be just uh, the basics. Uh, we'll begin to talk about um, 12 foundational principles that uh, govern our lives as believers, uh, the mandate, the mission, and the mantle, the three ends of ministry. We'll also be talking about mission and vision and, and core values. <clears throat> and then finally, we'll talk about uh, branding, <clears throat> marketing, and uh, legal aspects of ministry. So uh, if you're interested uh, in being a part of our first uh, leadership module, we will uh, release registration uh, beginning on Monday, and it's only open uh, to 10 people. So our first module will only be open to about 10 people. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Now, the last question, I end every conversation with this question as well. And that that question is, who is God to you? Mm. Wow. Who is God to me? He's my keeper. God's my everything. If if, if, I, if I just had to, because, I, I mean, I could stay here all day and talk about who God is. Mm -hmm. But I would just simply say God is my everything. Thing. As, as he told uh, them, he said, when when Moses asked, who should I say that, that you are? He said, uh, just tell them that I am. I am. So he is whatever I need him to be at that moment. So that's why I say God is my everything. Awesome, awesome. Listen, I always like to end with that question because I've never had the same answer. Again, I can keep that same testimony. I never have had the same answer from any of our guests. And the reason why I like to do that is I like to show individuals that there are multiple dimensions of God that we have yet to experience and have yet to be unlocked to us. But when we get together and we begin to have conversations, and I tell you who God is to me, you tell me who God is to you, it begins to unlock the possibilities of us experiencing those dimensions of God. So, again, guys, thank you all for listening on tonight. Tanya, thank you for coming and sharing so freely with us. It is such a fresh breath of air, and I can say that about every guest that I've had on the show since I started it last year. Everyone has been so willing to share freely. It hasn't been those pretty testimonies. They're willing to share what we would consider yeah. some of those ugly moments so that the transformation could take place in our lives. So thank you once again. I encourage our listeners, make sure you connect with her. Connect, 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 especially, you know, if those, she's offering exactly what it is that you need. As I always say to each and every one of you, I appreciate you. There'd be no show without you. So make sure you join us again on next week. We have another amazing guest. For more information about the show and even about my podcast and everything else we have going on, make sure you visit www.cliftonpettyjohn.com. Connect with me on all of my social media platforms just by typing in Clifton Petty John. And as I always say, 
Create a great day. Walk with purpose. And by all means, execute your vision. Be blessed. Can you identify any areas in your life where stagnation is manifesting? Now, I know some of you might say, no, I can't. Well, I want us to look at stagnation for what it really is. Some people have identified stagnation as something that's not growing or that's not producing. I don't believe that stagnation. To me, stagnation can also be that, yes, we're growing. Yes, we're producing. However, we're growing and producing in a manner that's disrespectful to the purpose and the greatness that resides inside of us. And listen, we all have areas where we can identify that we could be doing a lot better in. There's greater potential in those areas than we are experiencing. And guess what? I have a tool that will help you begin to experience transformation in those areas of stagnation in your life. And that tool is called From Stagnation to Transformation. That's right. That is my book, From Stagnation to Transformation. So I want you to head over to my website, www.cliftonpettyjohn.com. I want you to hit there. I want you to hit the Transformation tab. There you're going to find a free preview of my book. That's right, a free preview of my book. And I promise you, after you read the preview, you're going to want to invest in your personal transformation through purchasing the book. So again, hit over there. Purchase the book. Let me know you purchased it. Here's what I always say, guys. If you purchase the book, you read the book, you apply the principles in your life, and yet you still are stagnant in the areas that you are applying them to, and you're not experiencing any transformation, and you can prove to me that you have applied these principles, I will give you a, a 100% refund. That's right, a 100% refund. Why? Because I believe in the application of the principles that are outlined in this book. So again, visit www. CliftonPettyJohn.com and purchase your copy of From Stagnation to Transformation. <laughs>